Okay, let's hear the Barrett case. Vincent Dillard has been highlighting oddities and potential concerns in the market to us for a while, but I think this is the first time I've read a report, Vincent, where you're full-on bear surviving the coming bear market. You have some tips here. Let's jump straight into it, okay? Why? What's the main reason for the timing of this latest report? Well, I said coming bear market. I did not put a timeline because... Uh, timing the top of a market is is very very uh, okay. difficult. So what's the if then? Uh, what would tell you it's here? Yeah, um, honestly, I do not know. All I can say is we have this you know massively overvalued market, and my focus was more okay. We know at some point things are going to happen. Uh, we are going to see this correction. Maybe it has started already. I mean, it's been what a month since we had a new all-time high. I mean, you know, this is very unusual. Uh, the NASDAQ is still below its levels of February. So maybe we're there already. But I think the question for investors is when you have so many risks, you know, it's not exactly timing the top, but like, how am I going to hedge? And, and uh, what I was trying to get at with, with this report is that it's a much harder decision now than it was at prior market tops. Uh, the traditional things that you would use to hedge against a market correction are very expensive or inefficient or both. So if you were to turn, for example, to the, you know, if you're worried about the market, you would want to buy options. Well, you look at the VIX, we're in the, around the 20 range, usually at a market top, it's in the low teens or even below. So you're paying twice as much for options. And I'm not even talking about um, deep out of the money puts, which are extremely expensive. If you get the skew index, it's at an all time high. So options are very expensive. And of course, it's very costly to roll these, these premiums over. If you look at treasuries, uh, we have this very unusual situation where uh, for the first time in 20 years, the correlation between the stocks and long-term treasuries is split positive, meaning that you cannot hedge an equity portfolio with long-term treasuries. And that I expect to keep happening as we get into this inflation environment. So people have to get more creative in order to find the tools that will help them hedge against these risks. Vincent, is there a bear case without higher than expected inflation or sustained inflation? Yeah, I mean, that that is, that is my personal view, and I, I've held it for a very long time, that we will see this secular inflation. It's not a, a one-time um, transitory factor or transient factor, right. like Fed likes to say. We will move from this, indeed, kind of cyclical inflation that we're experiencing right now straight into secular inflation, and we'll see inflation accelerate towards 5 6 7%, I expect, in the coming years. And as we get that, it's going to be harder and harder to justify these equity multiples. And the other part, that's going to be a problem is the bond and the stocks, instead of being negatively correlated, will become positively correlated, which is something that is already happening today and makes hedging that much harder. So here's the illustration of that, the trailing six-month correlation between the S&P 500 and 10-year treasuries peaking its head above zero again there. Vincent, uh, just to be clear, though, uh, actually what I'm asking is, is there a bear case without inflation? Is the inflation what has to happen to rock this boat of pricing equity valuations relative to bonds? Because the valuation case, to your point about timing, I mean, you could have made this any time the past four years, basically, but inflation never showed up. Bond yields never started moving. And we parted, we parted. 
You know, I, I would think for me inflation is the biggest risk. And yes, you are right. If we do not have inflation, it's hard to see a negative market outcome because if we don't have inflation, we, we go back to the Tina mentality while well, there is no other alternative. Bond deals keeps going, can keep going down. Central banks around the world can keep injecting liquidity into financial markets without to worry about the consequences. So yes, inflation is the risk. And again, that's been my view for, you know, what, two, three years now. It was ridiculously early on that call. But... It is finally happening, and I still don't think the market is really waking up to this uh, reality. I mean, if you look at the normal relation between um, equity multiples and inflation, it starts to fall once you get inflation about 4%, uh, which is exactly where we are now. If you look at the, the, the ratio of gold to the S&P 500, that's really when it starts to, to, to take off because both, you know, they move in opposite direction. Gold starts rallying and stocks start falling once inflation accelerates. When you can no longer just, oh, it's just fine, you know, take off this component of the CPI or that component and it really doesn't exist. At some point, these kind of rationalizations are going to go away and we'll be faced with the reality that inflation is here and it's here to stay. How do we uh, test the thesis? Is there a certain uh, uh, inflation level that should move yields in a way that's going to be problematic for the market? Is there a certain uh, time period duration of inflation that will violate the Fed's transitory language? I mean, when they haven't told us really what that transitory is, how do we gauge this as we go along? Because in theory, if things slow down after the supply chain disruptions are eased, then one could say, okay, it was transitory. But then, you know, the bear case could be, well, hold on, it hasn't come here yet. And then we keep doing that. So how, what's kind of the way we're going to test this to go, okay, if it hasn't rocked risk assets now, then I guess it's not a risk. Right. So historically, the, the cutoff is that 4% range, um, you know, inflation. Because initially, you, get, you have to keep in mind inflation is positive for stocks, right? It's, oh, nominal growth is happening. In a way, it's kind of the, the monetary illusion Keynes was referring to that concept. Everybody thinks they're getting rich. They don't realize that no one's getting rich. It's just, you know, price is going up for everybody. But as, you know, as you transition from extreme deflation, which is what we have with COVID, to rapid inflation, people haven't had the time to make the adjustments. So that's why, you know, you need a couple months of, of rapid inflation and you need it to hit above 4% for quite some time. Mm. Uh, in terms of things that I'm looking is, is shelter, the cost of shelter. Remember that, you know, CPI is 40% either rents or uh, owner equivalent rents, the, the Fed's adjustment for uh, homeowners. Uh, this has been artificially lowered by COVID because of the rent moratorium, because of you know people moving out of the cities and so forth. So you know we had like a, a one-time deflationary shock, which I expect to expire, right? As we, as we get towards the end of August, the, the moratoriums are gonna stop. You see the real estate market is on fire. So instead of having 1% inflation from rent, uh, we're going to go back to four or five percent and because of the weighting in the index it's going to be harder and harder to for people to say oh it's just commodities it's just transitory i mean you're going to have to take off more and more pieces of the cpi to make the case that oh there is no inflation you know you're going to have to take out 80 percent of the cpi to make the case that you know don't worry about it which i still expect the fed to to, to keep doing yeah okay vincent uh if this is the case and uh, we do see correlation between stocks and bonds remain elevated, uh, causing those problems. The last point here, we only got a minute, but tell me the most important takeaway from this fantastic chart that you've put together. I really think is important. It's a risk off quotes, uh, assets during equity market sell-offs. You've got 
long-term treasuries, gold, Japanese yen, Swiss franc, and Bitcoin in there. The different colors of the bars representing years back to 2008, the red bar being the most recent 2021. And this is a sell-off defined as 1% or greater decline in the S&P 500 index. What did these assets do for each 1%? They're all negative. So am I just supposed to buy oil or a regional bank? Well, yes, and that is the conundrum and that is the big problem, right? All your risk off, all your hedges are not working. So you are left with costly uh, options. One of them is, yeah, buying buying puts, but it's very expensive, as I said. Another one is holding cash. Now, of course, I just said I'm worried about second inflation. So I realize that saying to hold cash is, you know, not that smart. But when there are no good options, cash is probably one of the least bad options. And then finally, I think mm. people need to take a broader, more long-term view of what risk is. And to me, the biggest risk is the rise of secular inflation, the flipping of this correlation between treasuries, the death of the 60-40. Now, how do we hedge that? Well, you need to buy inflation sensitivity in your portfolio. So that could be inflation swap, that could be uh, mining stocks, energy, um, and of course, precious metal. And what I like about this call is that Inflation hedges are still cheap. I mean, we had four decades of great moderation. So yes, we had a little bit of a reflation trade, but in the grand scheme of things, it is still cheap to buy inflation-sensitive sectors. And these will give you the protection that you need against the biggest risk in, in 2021, which is the acceleration of inflation. Okay. Uh, Vincent, uh, thanks again for uh, bringing it at home here for us on the closing bell and uh, walking us through the case for uh, where you want to be. I think that's the most important thing here is uh, that last uh, chart. So take a deeper dive and look at it. Go check out Vincent's work. Thanks as always, Mr. Dillard. we got to run. Vincent is a global macro strategist at Stone X Group.